Welcome, welcome all to the Pro Football Radio Podcast. This is your co-host, Seichima, with the pride and joy of Merrimack Lancer, Dakuma. Welcome in Brother Man Podcast 132. How are you doing? I'm doing good, man. Doing good. You know, been looking forward to this all week, especially with the playoff push. And now we pretty much have football damn near every day of the back half of the week on Thursday, Saturday, Sunday, Monday. Like it's 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 a good it's a good time to be alive. Yeah, it's a good time of the year, man. It's uh, football, family, food. It's it's really nice. Uh, this weekend is obviously Christmas. Um, Merry Christmas to you and your loved ones. Merry Christmas to all our listeners and their loved ones. Uh, we hope everybody uh, has a great Christmas uh, holiday break. Yeah, you as well. And real quick, I know this is a, an American football podcast, mm-hmm. but can we just talk about the World Cup final for like a minute? Hey, man, because that I am not that a, took years off my life. You, <laughs> you can talk about it, go for it. But I, being the communist, I'm not being a communist here, so I will not engage in soccer talk. Okay, dude, you, you didn't watch that final at of all? Of course not, because I'm not a commie. Okay, oh, I'm an American. Jay, I'm an American. All right, Jay, I that, watch one football, and that starts with American football. Jay, that get, regard, you know, for the listeners, you know, the, you know, the, the, the 10 of you guys, just kidding, hundreds and hundreds of y'all that listen to this. Uh, no, the, uh, I think they would all attest from watching that World Cup game, regardless of sport, that was probably the best game I've ever seen. Like my, you know, my wife, Tara was, uh, you know, looking at me like I was a Martian from time to time with how much I was carrying on in the living room during that game, watching, you know, the Argentina, uh, national team blow the two goal lead and then they come back and it goes to penalty. It was wild. It was a wild scene in the house and I'm just glad Messi finally got that world cup title so we can end that nonsensical debate of who's better Messi or Ronaldo It is Messi every day and twice on Sunday. Yeah, I mean, I saw the buzz on Twitter and online on social, but I'm sorry, Puma, my, 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 my blood runs white, red, and blue. So uh, red, white, and blue. So I, uh, I don't, I don't condone watching soccer. Wow. Well, you're missing out. It's a great game. (laughs) Instant classic. No, I heard heard it was a good time. I'm glad you enjoyed the game. Glad you and the four other billion people watching it enjoyed it. Mm hmm. All right. Where do we begin, Puma? There's so much to get to this week. <laughs> I mean, first... we have quarterbacks well, I mean... getting benched. We have fail plays. We have we have a Jalen Hurts getting hurt. Like, I don't know, Jay. Where do you want to kick off? Well, obviously, the first game we're going to talk about is the Bengals versus the Patriots. And we do this every week, Puma, but it's starting to become a reoccurring theme on this podcast. The autopsy of the Nunga Patriots after what was by far the dumbest play in NFL history. Um, if you guys didn't watch the Patriots Raiders game, 24-24 tied up, three seconds left for some reason. Ramondre Stevenson takes it up the uh, takes a draw play, decides to turn it around, throw it to Jacoby Myers, and then Jacoby Myers throws it to Chandler Jones, who basically catches it in midair, stiff arms, uh, Mac Jones to the other side of the planet. He's probably in China right now, and then Chandler Jones walks into the end zone and wins in what is by far the dumbest play in NFL history. Yeah, and you know, Jay, I was you know I was watching that on Red Zone, and uh, I actually had to rewind it like two times because I, I really I could not believe what I saw. And what what's mind boggling to me is you know it's one thing if New England was down, right? Like if they they had to do this play to have a puncher's chance to win. Okay, fine, because clearly the Raiders weren't tackling anybody anymore. But you're tied up, like you're about to go into overtime. And again, the Raiders aren't tackling anybody. So, like, even if the Raiders win the toss, 
they're probably not going to do anything with the football, and you're going to be able to go down the field and have Nick Falk kick a field goal and you know per, you know keep you guys uh, you know playoff hopes alive. But uh, I don't know what the hell Jacoby Myers was thinking. You know the Stanford you know Cal you know Golden Bears play where Stan- the Stanford band was on the field is just simply called the play. This should really just be called the fail. This is hands down the <laughs> dumbest play I've ever seen. Like it just it does not make any damn sense. Um, I, I, I there there really needs to be, and I know we say it every week, uh, and I know we're gonna actually get to a game to talk about this week with the Patriots, but like at some point. There is going to have to be some massive soul searching in that building at Patriot Place because it just it is it does not make sense. And I know like I was clowning on you last week with, uh, you know, we went from 20 years of success and greatness to this. And I mean, really, like you want to talk about how far the mighty have fallen, like everything like that last play is just mm-hmm. encapsulates everything of the post Tom Brady era in New England, like in that one play, it's just like the coaching's bad. The uh, clearly players went off the you know, off the script and went into business for themselves in that one. Because I don't know why uh, 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 anyone on that coaching staff would call that amount of stupidity. Uh, you know, you have players chirping on the field about the play calling, and it's it's one thing if you've actually been a little bit successful over the last couple of weeks as a, as a quarterback in the NFL, but when you're barely throwing for over a hundred yards in a football game against the Raiders, um, you know, no disrespect against the front four of the Raiders, they're great. The quarterback, uh, the secondary leaves a little bit more to be desired, but uh, yeah, there's just no excuse. This is a absolute dumpster fire. <laughs> Yeah, man. Like, God, I, I, I'm, I, I'm just bent of emotion. Like, I'm not gonna get all worked up about it. I, I can't go on constant ten minute diatribes about the, about the Patriots every week. I mean, sure just, you can. We've no, done it for two no, years. No, no, Puma, like, <laughs> I mean, at this point, even I'm tired of it. Like, I just like when that play happened, man. Like, I didn't even have a reaction. Like, I, I, I promise you. Like, you think I would get mad, or like you think I would laugh at it? I, I just, I just simply didn't know what happened, and then I was like in a fog for thirty minutes trying to figure out what happened. You know what I'm saying? Like, it, it didn't set in. For the longest time just because it's so blatantly stupid it's just it's just so dumb that like i never expected us the patriots to have a butt fumble type of play we, i wouldn't expect us to have that level of bad play and it's just a microcosm of how far bill belichick has let this team fall and i mean the fact that jacoby myers even thought getting the ball to mac jones in that situation was just dumb like i mean like what's mac jones gonna do in that situation so i don't know man it's uh, it, it's sad where the Patriots are now, and uh, there's nobody but to blame but Bill Belichick himself. The the guy is a fraud. Um, I think more people are seeing it now more and more. I mean, I, we you laugh at that Puma, but like simply, no, it's I, just funny because it's so true. I've been saying this for a couple years now, but like I, at the end of the day, the man is not who you think he is. He's a simply good genius, like uh, when it comes to the defensive mind, but like. The rest of it was just all folklore. I mean, it's one of those things. It's like one of those things where somebody should go back and look at the case study of how like Bill Belichick's legacy was built on just like a bunch of lies. Like the guy, the guy can't draft well. You know, he can't obviously develop people anymore. Like he, he used to be able to a pick out any wide receiver from the from the stands and make him into a halt, make him into a Pro Bowl receiver. Can't do that anymore. Can't even draft him. Can't even buy him nowadays. He he spends money like a drunken sailor, like you always say, and he does still doesn't have any any uh, any talent on the roster. And then. Obviously, quarterback Mac Jones, is, he's not good. I mean, I've been saying it from day one. He's not good. You saw in this game, he finally did have um, basically good protection against the Raiders where the pocket was clean and he was just 
just airmailing people. John Smith's wide open in the end zone. He misses on him. 13 of 31 was a completion percentage, under 50%. Low quarterback rating. Just just bad. Bad all the way around. And now you've got the Cincinnati Bengals coming in. I mean, they're hot. They're 10 and 4. They came down. Uh, they're, they're coming off of a beatdown of the Buccaneers. And they're probably going to go into New England and probably curb stop the Patriots. Like, I mean, there really is no analysis here where we're going to provide where we're going to try to give you an idea of how the Patriots are going to win. The only thing I'm going to be looking for in this game is have the Patriots quit. Like, uh, do the Patriots come out and basically lay down and quit on Bill Belichick? Or do they fight in this game? That's all I'm really looking for because I'm not looking for a win. Right. I mean, it, it's funny because, like, the big... Man, the Bengals look like they didn't even leave Cincinnati that first half against the the Buccaneers mm-hmm. game, and like mm-hmm. you know, there's there's a there's a lot more nuance to that Bengals win against Tampa Bay, right? I mean, for all, I, Jay, am I correct in remembering it was like five straight drives for the Buccaneers where it either ended in like a fumble or an interception or like a turnover, some sort of Four. turnover, yep. and it gave and it gave the the Bengals like. The definition of positive field position, I think they averaged, like, starting from the 25-yard line of Tampa Bay. Like, you know, you want to talk about, you know, being on the fortunate end of things. You know, the the Bengals are going to have to have more than just luck on their side going up into New England. Uh, especially, like, with the weather, it's, it's funny because there's a massive storm system moving uh-huh. through the Midwest mm-hmm. and the Northeast uh, this weekend. Negative All 40 cons- in Ohio on Friday. E- yeah, it's gonna be wild. But like all things considered, I think the 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 Bengals game is gonna be like a high of thirty degrees compared to like everywhere else in the country. So it really shouldn't be that affected, air quote that affected by the weather. But it's definitely gonna be something to watch. And you know, I think clearly, I have the Bengals winning this game. This is the Bengals is one of my best bets. I uh, I got the Bengals at minus three and a half. Uh, I'm kind of kicking myself because it dropped down to three. Uh, a couple of hours after I put it in at three and a half, but you know, it is what it is. But, you know, I think Joe Burrow, you know, leading the hottest team, in the NFL right now is going to pretty much have his way with this, with this team. I mean, that they have, there has been the, 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 let me rephrase that. There has been fight on the defense. Like the defense has buoyed this team throughout the entire season, but you know, you're going up against like, you know, Tyler Boyd and Jamar Chase and, you know, Hayden Hurst wow. is questionable in this game, but I mean, Joe Mixon, Samaj P. Ryan can be used in the passing game. There's just so this a plethora of weapons and different ways that this team can put points on the board. And the the New England Patriots offense, I just they don't have they don't have the I want to say talent necessarily, but I guess the motivation maybe to try to keep up and go toe to toe with these guys. Yeah, I mean, like, listen, we can go and X's and O's this all day to death, but truthfully, like, it's a waste of time. The Bengals are going to win, and what I really want to kind of focus on is, you know, this, Mac Jones is probably playing the worst football of his life. Like, that game on Sunday was rock bottom. We keep saying it's rock bottom for him when he gets benched and he does this and does that, but that game was especially bad. Even people in New England are starting to turn on him a little bit now, finally. They're finally seeing it now, right? But, I mean, have you picked up on some of this national buzz, like Peter King, Mike Florio, Albert Breer, uh, Greg Bedard, Tommy Kern? They've all said something to the likes of uh, the the stability of Bill Belichick's job in the next in the next year or so. Like, they're not writing it off. There's something there that, for some reason, five prominent, like, reporters are talking about how Bill Belichick might not be the Patriots head coach next year. Now, that doesn't mean he's going to get fired. It's one of those things where it might be a time for both the, both the crafts and Bill Belichick to move off of each other. 
and obviously Bill goes and does his thing at a different you know organization and Kraft gets to reset the organization gets to reset the Patriots so have you picked up on some of this stuff coming out of some of these reporters and what's your thoughts on that yeah I've seen that I saw you know the national guys like you said like Breer and and uh you know Peter King and I mean Jay you can even go back and I, I you know I know jo- Josina Anderson has like a way of going about things on Twitter but like you know three months ago she put out there that you know the coaching cycle in the offseason is going to be interesting because some like you know seasoned and tenured veteran coaches may be on the move and it was it wasn't really that veiled of like you know hey follow the breadcrumbs and see where i'm going to lead you to like she pretty much led you to foxborough like that that's that made the logical sense and i mean jay we were on here two weeks ago pretty much saying like bob Kraft is pissed that this team this game got flexed out of prime time and got relegated to the 4 425 slate on sunday and you know honestly thank god because the giants you know commanders game was so much better compared to this but i mean you know if you feel that certain type of way and you think like this franchise has a carte blanche to be like the cowboys to be in prime time regardless of who's at quarterback or what the record is xyz I mean, things are going to have to change. Like, it's not just, you know, everyone is on New England's ass about the offense and, you know, Mac Jones' lack of development and whether or not it's just Mac Jones really just hitting a ceiling or is the coaching staff, you know, holding him back? Is it the chicken or the egg kind of deal? I mean, it, it, I feel like, Jay, everything that's gone on for the last two years, and we, we heard last year, you know, rumblings of how this team essentially quit after the bye week, Right. Uh, and now you're starting to see it like it looks like the team is mailing it in again. Like, I, I think it's safe to say, you know, it's it's not that far from the realm of possibility that Bill Belichick's voice is not echoing so much, you know, as much as it was in the locker room maybe five years ago. And, you know, it's not beyond the realm of moving on from, you know, a Hall of Fame head coach. The Dolphins moved off of Don Shula. You know, after he had one losing season in his like 19, 20 year tenure as the head coach of the Miami Dolphins, so it's not I mean, beyond it's, the realm. It's 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 a facade. All of it's a facade. I'm sorry. I like I know I'm a beating drum here, and people roll their eyes when I say this shit. But it, it really was Brady carrying the message of of Belichick in the locker room. Like when when Brady can can basically stand up in front of the team, being the highest paid, most most like, you know. A successful NFL quarterback of all time in the team meeting and say, hey, listen, yeah, I'm going to get shit on by, by, by Belichick and I'm going to carry his water in this locker room, then of course everybody's going to fall in line. And now you're starting to see what people, when there is not a Brady-like figure in the locker room, like it, it, people are running wild. Like Kendrick Bourne's talking shit, Nelson Aguilar is taking shots, like even Mac Jones this week was going back at Bill Belichick about his, his arm strength. Like there, there's just like so much like BS coming out of the locker room that we're just, we're just stunned. We as Patriots fans thought we had an established culture that's something we can hold on to, right? The main reason why we are basically keeping, uh, you know, Belichick and Larry Brady walk is because that culture will, will you know, help us through to an Bowl. And obviously, it's not going to happen now, right? I mean, at the end of the day, I, don't, I think Robert Kraft in the beginning of the year, we put down an ultimatum. He was like, listen, we haven't won a playoff game in three years. And that basically means what's what's going what's gonna to happen if this year there's no playoff win? It looks like it's not going to happen this year either. So the ball is in Robert Kraft's court. Like, I mean... I still think he's not ballsy enough to basically pull the plug on Belichick, but I I am surprised that all this like heat's coming out of nowhere for from all these reporters, right? Mm-hmm. Well, I mean, they're calling out the elephant in the room. Like it's blatantly obvious at this point. Like it is not working in New England anymore. Like they made a bet. 
And they hedged, you know, they put it all on black uh, with, you know, Bill Belichick being able to navigate the storm and this quasi rebuild. And, you know, clearly it's failing. I mean, Jay, the, like, these are like New England, uh, like New York Jet esque type of plays. Like, these are mm-hmm. Miami Dolphins, you know, after Marino retired type of plays. Like, this is, you know, Buffalo Bills, like when JP Lossman was the quarterback and like they had a, you know, uh, coaching turnstile up there. Like this is, you know, this is what a, a mediocre at best franchise type, you know, type of situation. Like that's where they're at right now. Yeah. And, you know, I, they're going to have to find a new voice. And who's that? Who is that going to be? That's going to be the, the, the million dollar question because. I don't think Sean Payton's walking through that door. He's made it perfectly clear he wants to go to the Chargers and be with Justin Herbert. Mm-hmm. Like, who do you who do you go? Like, who do you go with? Well, like, Puma, I, I don't think you can Puma, go with the defensive guy. Puma, if I'm the Chargers, I give New England two first round draft picks for Bill Belichick. I do because mm-hmm. at the end of the day, Bill Belichick cannot. Bill Belichick would be a colossal failure if Carolina called and gave Robert Kraft two first-round picks for him to go to the Panthers because he would need to build a roster, build a culture, establish veteran players, develop them, and then you reach the Super Bowl-level team, right? With the Chargers, all that's there. There's veteran core group there. There's a quarterback that can throw the ball 80 yards on a dime. Like, I think Bill Belichick in the Chargers building would be way better than Sean Payton could be in that building. You know what I'm saying? Like, I feel like that's something that they should really consider. Mm, okay now the other question uh, the last question i have is and this is a great question you know who do you think is gonna last longer in new england is it gonna be bill belichick or mac jones and the reason why i say that is because we've already hit on the fact that there's a lot of fire around bill belichick leaving new england but also the last three or four days now it seemed like max kemp is also leaking stuff to the boston media and now the, the New Orleans Saints keep coming up and Josh McDaniels in, in Las Vegas. That comes up a little bit. So if you had to guess right now, who's there for the long-term, Belichick or Mac Jones? <laughs> um, the long-term? Like, I can't go with the push and they're both jettisoned at the end of the season. Oh, that'd be the, per- um, oh, that'd be the perfect dream scenario. That'd be like me on Prozac. You know what I'm saying? <laughs> <laughs> I mean, I'm going to lean... Mac Jones staying a little bit longer just because like I think like the voice has gone so stale in that locker room when you look at what's happened like the you know last season now you know yeah the COVID year happened okay we're gonna give everyone a hall pass for that one but I mean that you know they they spent like mad men last year and they went really like they backed into the playoffs because they mailed it in after the bye week and now you have like you know, even worse case, like the, the, this offense has just been god awful all year long, and like the defense can only carry you so long. Like, you know, you can't rely on a turnover. You know, a, a you know a pick six every week for the defense to put points on the board. I mean, that's this is almost esque of like the pre two thousand two Tampa Bay Buccaneers, where the defense was great, but the offense didn't do jack shit. Like. I, I think it's going to be the coach. I think it might be, you know, like what happened with Tony Dungy. Like they, they let Tony Dungy go. They brought John Gruden in and, you know, he babysat that team and got the offense, you know, to a position where they could score enough points to win a game and have the defense just get a bunch of stops. Like, I think that's what, what New England's going to have to do. 
it's going to be fun to see how all this plays out. But listen, enough of that. Let's move on. And actually, you know what, Puma? I didn't have a meltdown. I think that's called, you know, either progress that I was able to talk about a Patriot segment and not have like a over the top yelling sort of rant. Um, either it's you see the personal growth of Puma or it's just a defeated man. It's one of the, one or the other. You know what I'm saying? I just, I'm, you know, what, I'm going to go with you're just dead inside. I like you can't fe- like you can't feel pain anymore. <laughs> the only joy I have is deep down in my heart. I knew I was right. That's all I can hold on to now. There there you go. <laughs> there you go. Hell hath no fury like a Jay Chima in the right. <laughs> oh, man. But, hey, you as my witness, I've been saying this since 2016. I've been saying this since mm-hmm. 2016. So yep. it's, it's funny how all this is playing out. But, okay, let's move on to the 7-7 Seattle Seahawks taking on the 11-3 Kansas City Chiefs. Um, the Chiefs are coming off of a... A, a wild win for some reason they were in overtime against the Texans which I don't understand how that happens and the Seattle Seahawks are coming off of a loss as well and now they lost 4 out of 5 uh, the, the sky high Seattle Seahawks um, have taken a little bit of a tumble here um, so Puma who do you got to win this game man? I mean <laughs> after last week's performance like I, I honestly like I, I I'm going to say the Chiefs I have the Chiefs winning this week I have zero faith in them covering a 10-point spread, even with as bad as the Seattle Seahawks defense has been. Like, they've really come crashing back down to earth pretty much, like, right around the the, uh, the Munich game where they played, uh, they played Tampa Bay. I mean, this defense has really come back down to earth. Like, the rookies have started showing, like, some of the, you know, the rookie-ness in, in this defense. Uh, you know, Kenneth Walker III, like, he's been dinged up at times. Uh, I know he was a go last week, but, you know, at this point, there's, who knows how healthy he's really going to be. No Tyler Lockett this game with, a, I believe he broke a finger in the last game that they played. And it's just, you know, with the Chiefs, <clears throat> I feel like they just like to play around with their food and, like, you know, do enough to get by. Uh, I have the Chiefs winning this game. You know, Marquez Valdez-Scantling, I know he was activated off of injured reserve last week. Um, but I, I feel like this might be a big Isaiah Pacheco game, uh, the running back for the Chiefs. You can run against this defense. Uh, so I think, you know, they might do enough just to hand the ball off to Pacheco and get, you know, Jarek McKinnon involved. Uh, you know, just do enough to keep the clock moving short in the game and, you know, walk out out of the you know arrowhead with the victory you know i I love geno smith it's a great story and all but this team the seattle seahawks have really come crashing back down to earth uh i have them covering the 10 points like like i said like the chiefs have been atrocious at covering the spread but uh given the chiefs to win the seahawks are covering the 10 points in my opinion the over under is set at 49 i kind of lean under but it's not a best bet for me uh, but yeah, give me the Seahawks plus ten. Yeah, I man, the Seahawks. I think they're like two years away from actually being a scary team. Like, give them two years with that young roster, some development of those young players. Um, and obviously, listen, I'm not a big fan of Geno Smith. I don't think he's the guy. Like, you would probably need to go out and find a good quarterback as well. And with that, two years from now, I can see the Seahawks being really, really scary. At the moment, right now. They're kind of reeling a little bit. Four out of five losses. I mean, the beginning of the year, they they definitely were a little bit of a flash in the pan. So, you know, props to Pete Carroll. Everything he's doing up there. But this is more in line with what the Seahawks were, in our opinion, before the season started. Now, the Kansas City side of this. I mean, Kansas City was basically rolling and hitting on all cylinders. 
and I get it that Houston game was close and it goes to overtime, but I, I think that was more on Kansas City just like overlooking um, Houston than actually Houston like coming up and getting them. You feel me? Like I've seen this in the past. I mean, I've seen Patriot teams in the past that they were good ones when you know they were just basically in cruise control middle of December. We we're playing like the Titans when they were bad or the Jags when they were bad, and we would somehow have a hiccup. So I think that's the kind of game that the Texas the, the Chiefs had. But they'll be locked in this week. I think they're ready to go. It looks like, unfortunately, Mahomes is going to be the MVP again. And, I mean, yeah, I don't like it. But at the end of the day, I, I see it. The guy is just playing out of his mind right now. Like, I believe it was, uh, like, 36 of 41 completion percentage, right, uh, against the, the Texans. So, so yeah, those guys, look, at they're good, man. It looks like they're going to start making a Super Bowl push in the playoffs here soon. And I got the Chiefs winning this big truth. I think it's going to be close at all. It's going to be, like, a 14-point game, man. Yeah. No, I mean, the it was me though, Jay. It's like, yeah, like the Texans. Like, yeah, it's a look ahead spot to, to the Seahawks. Like, okay, I can I can buy that. But I mean, they barely beat the Broncos and Arrowhead. Like, that's two two games in a row where like they've pretty much come out flat, or like they let the other team come back in. And you know, I I, I don't know, man. Like, I, I feel like we're at the part of, we're at the time of the year where we really shouldn't be overlooking anybody at this point. And I I just feel like this is kind of like a constant thing. With the Chiefs, and, and I get it, it's Mahomes. Like, Mahomes is going to do Mahomesian things. But, I mean, at some point, that's going to bite you in the ass. And especially, like, you know, they're still in contention for, like, the number one seed. Like, granted, Buffalo is going to have to lose. You know, they're going to need help in order to get that number one seed. But, I mean, I, I feel like at this point, like, you, you should not be overlooking teams regardless of who the hell you're playing bro bro buffalo has to do whatever it can to get the number one seed like i I can't stress this enough the difference between the one and the two seed means you're playing um either what was it the titans in divisional run or you're playing the Bengals. like which one would you rather want to be like you feel me Mm -hmm. like i would take the titans up in up in the ton up in buffalo all day every day over having to go to um having to have the Bengals come up to play so yeah i mean this is a this is where like you know we've said this for for the whole year now this is where the bills got to be the bills they can't let the, the Chiefs come up and take the number one spot from them so so we'll see how the rest of the the year plays out but let's move on to a really big game in the nfc the two actually before we do that did you see the pro bowl rosters just came out uh no i did not so the nfc is jalen hurst geno smith and kirk cousins mm-hmm. and the afc patrick mahomes josh allen and joe burrow and Tua got fucking hosed how do you get, I mean, what the hell? He got the most fan votes. I know. I understand how Twitter didn't get in. I, okay. Yeah. That's a bunch I of BS. I don't understand. It? Yeah. I, whatever. It's flag football. Who gives a shit? <laughs> well, the Pro, like, Bowl, the Pro Bowl went away. The Pro Bowl went away, right? So now it's just like the competition games. Yeah. And, 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 I, and I'm sorry. I'm convinced, Puma. I am convinced that last year when Mac Jones made it in and he did the gritty, I am convinced the the organizers of the Pro Bowl is like, oh my god, we can't have like Mac Jones in the Pro Bowl. This, this is a sham now. Like if he made the, if he, if, he, if he made the Pro Bowl, let's just get rid of the Pro Bowl. And and I believe that. I believe that. Okay, <laughs> like somebody that runs the Pro Bowl was watching Mac Jones on a Pro Bowl field, thinking, yeah, how did that happen? <laughs> let's grab all of it. <laughs> Man, that is like that is mildly aggravating with the whatever. Oh my yeah. god. Okay. Well, yeah. Nope. We're not getting fired up over the Pro Bowl. <laughs> Fuck the Pro Bowl. <laughs> All right, let's move on to what was supposed to be one of the biggest games of the year. Uh, the 13-1 Philadelphia Eagles are taking on the 10-4 Dallas Cowboys. The Eagles are coming off a win against the Bears, but Jalen Hurt did get injured in that game. We'll touch on that here in a little bit. And the Cowboys are coming off of another Dallas Cowboy-esque collapse where 
Trevor Lawrence and the Jags come rolling back and beat them in overtime. So, you know, Puma, the, the big story obviously coming out of this game is that Hurts might not play. Jalen Hurts took a, uh, somebody landed on his shoulder and it looks like he sprained his shoulder. In the beginning of the week, there were some rumblings that might be season ending, but it looks like he's going to be back at some point this year. It just might not be this week. So, you know, right, like right off the bat, do you, do you think Jalen Hurts is going to play in this game or not? Because I'm a little confused that he was able to a hurt his shoulder in that, in that Bears game not even seek any medical attention, keep playing and keep playing at a high rate, throwing the ball downfield because I was watching that game and, I'm, you know, his fourth quarter comes around, he's still singing the ball downfield and he looked good. And then after the game came up, after the game ended, that's when all the, the buzz started coming about. He might not play this week. So uh, is it is it foolish for me to think that somehow Jalen Hurts is going to be able to play through all this just because of what we saw him play through on Sunday? Um, I personally don't think he's going to play. The line is acting like there is a shot he's going to play because I believe the Eagles opened up as a favorite in this matchup against the Dallas Cowboys. And then when it came, the news came out about Jalen Hurts' shoulder, I mean, that line came crashing down to like, you know, Eagles minus two, and then it flipped. And then now, like, the Dallas Cowboys are favored by five points. You know, Gardner Minshew would be the quarterback in this matchup. I personally don't think he's going to play. Um, I think Sirianni is going to possibly leave it up to Hurts. Like, you know, if he's if he, if he he's able to log some practice time, and let's say come Friday, you know, he's able to get be a full participant in, in some capacity, like, I, I think he's going to play. But I'm not really holding my breath, especially like if it's a throwing shoulder, like, you know, you're this team is built to win the Super Bowl. And, you know, no disrespect to Gardner Minshew, like he's good in spot starts. But I mean, I'm not going to roll the dice and have him be like Nick Foles 2.0 with this team, you know, leading them to the promised land for another championship. So I I think it might be wise to sit him. Especially with the, the different levels of skill set that both Gardner Minshew and Jalen Hurts have, right? Like, at the end of the day, what Jalen Hurts brings is a completely different dynamic offense where you can run and throw. With, with Gardner Minshew, they're going to have to scale that offense down and cut it in half, right? I mean, that's basically a, a, a pocket presence quarterback that throws from the pocket. I mean, maybe he'll move around a little bit, but Gardner Minshew's not running downfield 30 yards for a touchdown. So it's basically the best way I can explain it is like, you know, if you look at a lot what the Baltimore Ravens did, that's what the Eagles have done with Jalen Hurst this year. Like, that offense mm-hmm. is built around him. He's the identity of that offense. So, with Gardner Minshew jumping in, I'm intrigued to see just how productive or unproductive that offense is going to be. So, so we'll see how that plays out. And, and, and I, for some reason, just got a nagging feeling that he's going to start this year, this week. I don't know why. Just a gut feeling. Just because, I mean, I'm watching this game, and I see he goes down. He doesn't take any like time away from the game, and he he's still like throwing it downfield. Maybe maybe you can I can buy the the idea that a couple days later the swelling comes, you know, and the adrenaline is not there like it was in the game, and that's when it really starts to hurt. But if it's just a a pain tolerance issue, like why can't you just shoot up and have him go out there? You feel me? Mm-hmm. You know what the fucked up thing is, Jay is. Even if he doesn't start and Gardner Minshew starting, I still have the Eagles winning oh, this yeah, game. Like yeah, I have, yeah. I have zero yeah, faith yeah. in the Dallas Cowboys at home in Jerry World at four twenty-five. Like 
No, I got zero faith in the Dallas Cowboys. They're going to well, find a way to, you know, like Stephen A. Smith says, they're an accident waiting to happen, dude. Well, especially with how badly they looked in that collapse to the uh, to the to the Jaguars. I mean, they were up by like what, 13 points or 10 points or whatever it was. It was a high number in uh, in the fourth quarter. And I was like, you know what? That game's over. Let me tune it out. Let me watch some of the other games. And next thing you know, they're in overtime. And I'm like, oh, my God, what just happened here? And, and to be real with you. I mean, Dak Prescott's not been sharp this year, bro. Like, he's been nope. very, very, like, average. I mean, average at best. I mean, he's got 17. I think he's got 17 touchdowns, 11 interceptions. And I think, uh, I mean, pretty much since he's come back from that injury, I mean, he's damn near average like a turnover a game. Like, uh, I, 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 he had two interceptions last week against Jacksonville, two against the, the lowly Houston Texans, one against Indianapolis, two against the Giants. Like, oh, look at that. He didn't throw a pick against the Minnesota Vikings when they absolutely boat raced them 40 to three. But I mean, Dak, Dak has not played up to the expectations that this team has in place for, you know, for a Super Bowl contender. Um, and I, I think it's that time of the year, Jay, death, taxes and December, January football and the Dallas Cowboys are just going <laughs> to Dallas Cowboy it up and find their way out of the playoffs somehow. Uh, I mean, with all, with all things considered with how weak the NFC is as a whole, like the, the Cowboys are going to have a playoff spot. Are they going to go beyond the first round? Absolutely not. I am sorry. No freaking way. Uh-uh-uh. Yeah, that, that'll be interesting to see. I, I don't think the... Uh, to be real with you, like as bad as the Bucks are, like I know they're just a train wreck right now. It's probably just, it probably it's not. I shouldn't even say this, but I, I'm taking the Bucks if the Bucks and Cowboys are the, the divisional round weekend. I mean, like I'm sorry, uh, wild card weekend. Like, give me the Bucks all day, man, because I, I do not expect this Cowboys team to, especially with with Dak Prescott. I mean, the guy is just vanilla as it gets. He's middle of the pack. I don't think he's really a good like rah-rah guy I, like i don't think he maybe we don't see the leadership behind the scenes but like i don't think he inspires that team like if you catch my drift you feel me i hear you it, it's just it's oh god it's just so mind-boggling with you know with uh mike mccarthy and you know the puppeteer up there in the owner's box and jerry jones i mean tony pollard leads the team in 117 carries uh for 969 rushing yards and nine touchdowns but like they are still hell-bent Hell freaking bent on getting Ezekiel Elliott involved in that offense because of the contract that they gave him. I mean, this is what they, well, I've been saying it for years. They paid the wrong guy first. They should have paid Dak first and, you know, let it run out with Zeke. And if you franchise tagged him, you franchise tagged him. But I mean, this is, this is just a textbook, you know, situation of contract and team mismanagement. And this is why the Cowboys have always been, uh, you know, that you know, next year's our year type of deal. You know, for twenty five years now, like I just let's let I, I have no words for the Cowboys. They drive me nuts. I don't. They never cover the spread. The spread. I'm dumb betting this team. Uh, Gardner Minshew, the statue of Nick Foles outside of the field. Uh, you know, Jalen Hurts on one leg with one arm. The, the Eagles are winning easily. I'm just I'm just mad we didn't get the Jerry Jones impersonation. No, I, 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 I'm so fu- no, 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 no. All right, let's move on to the final game of the weekend. Um, Christmas Day. I know you're gonna watch this game. The six and eight Green Bay Packers are going down to Miami, take on the eight and six Miami Dolphins. 
Puma, how are you feeling, bro? Your boys are coming off of three straight losses in a row. Like, you know, we thought they're going to go up to Buffalo, put up a fight. And obviously, maybe... I mean, they mo- did. They did, they did, they did. And maybe it's a moral victory. But how are you feeling about this team right now with three straight losses? Um, I mean, this performance against the, the Bills would feel a lot different if it wasn't three straight losses. I mean... I think they're going to be able to handle the cold. Uh, clearly, they, you know they're not going to win the AFC, the AFC East. I mean, at this point, they would need a, a ton of help, uh, and even then, I don't even think they would they would win it. But uh, I mean, they they put up a lot of fight. They they were pretty much matched evenly against the Buffalo Bills last week. I mean, total yards: Miami had four and five, Buffalo had four four forty six. Uh, time of possession was pretty much dead even. That almost thirty minutes a pop. Uh, you know, the Dolphins led uh, in the rushing attack compared to Buffalo. I mean, they went toe-to-toe with this team. Uh, you know, they're, the refereeing has been god-awful all weekend, so I'm not going to put it all on the referees. I'm just going to say the definition of passing interference was wishy-washy at best uh, in this game. But, I mean, it is what it is. It's it's three straight losses. I'm still hopeful for this team. I mean, they Tua was slinging the ball all over the place, in my opinion, uh, in the in the conditions, in the cold, and then the snow coming down. I mean, I'm hopeful for this squad, but, I mean, they, they can't lose against the Packers. Like, this is a must-win game, in my opinion. Like, there is no ifs, ands, or buts about it. There cannot be moral victories this week against the Green Bay Packers. They're going to have to go out there and they're going to have to handle their business. Uh, you know, they're they're at home, uh, so they don't have to go up to the Arctic tundra in Green Bay. Uh, you know, Aaron Jones, he's been kind of dinged up. Uh, AJ Dillon, they he left last uh, he left on Monday night uh, with a concussion. They said he cleared protocol. Uh, you know, he's going to play. I mean, clearly he cleared the protocol here, but uh, I, I, in my opinion, the Dolphins are a better team. Uh, they're they're a four point favorite, depending on what book you're looking at here. Um, I have the Dolphins winning this game, whether or not they're going to cover the spread. I'm not really touching the spread. I, I kind of lean towards Green Bay covering it. I think it's going to be a close game, but give me the Dolphins winning this game, snapping that three game losing streak. Uh, you know, Raheem Mostert, I think, is going to be. They should be running him a lot more, in my opinion. Chase Edmonds was activated off of injured reserve today. Uh, so let, who knows if he'll actually be active for this game. Uh, but give me give me the pack. Give me the uh, the Dolphins, I should say, in this uh, in this matchup at home. Any concern about Tua and the fact that over the last three weeks he's had the lowest quarterback rating in those three weeks? Or is that basically a symptom of coaching staff or game plan? Or what's your thoughts on that? Um, I mean, opponents, I opponents key because obviously you're playing Buffalo and Buffalo. And then yeah, so I mean, like, uh, I'm gonna go the you know against the 49ers, like that's the best defense in football. Mm-hmm. Like, you know, I'm gonna yeah. call that a wash. Uh, the Chargers, in my opinion, that comes down, that comes down to the game plan. Mm-hmm. And you know, I, I would love to have seen Tua may or you know maybe check into a run from time to time at the line of scrimmage, but I, I'm gonna put that on game plan. Uh, and this one, I, I mean, against the Bills, like, I, I thought they executed everything well. Like, they were running the ball. They seemed really balanced. He was making the big throw when he needed to. Uh, you know, it was just, it, you know, Buffalo was just a better team, uh, you know, come the fourth quarter. And that's when the, that's when the game's going to matter the most. Uh, but, you know, I'm still hopeful for Tua. I, I think he's going to right the ship here. And especially against, like, the, the Packers defense, they're really nothing to write home about right now. Uh, Teron Armstead, you know, 
hopefully he'll be a go in this game. I mean, he's not really, I don't see him on the injury report right now, but I know he's been battling a strained pectoral muscle. Uh, and, you know, he's in that, if he's on that offensive line, he anchors that offensive line. So uh, I got, I got faith into a right in the chip this week. Yeah, me too, man. I mean, um, at the end of the day, I really like the game plan I saw out of the, the uh, Dolphins against the Buffalo Bills. I mean, really good balanced running attack. Um, you guys were gashing the Bills. I mean, the Bills had no answers for you on the ground. So that's basically if you guys want to make some noise in the AFC playoffs, that's the game plan that you're going to have to obviously adhere to in the, in the colder months. So I'm looking forward to this game. It's going to be a fun time. The Packers, I mean, I don't even want to hate on them. Truthfully, who cares about those guys? Just a bunch of ass clowns, especially with Aaron Rodgers being up there. So, so yeah, I mean, I'm, I'm looking forward to this game. It's going to be a fun time. You Are, are you got any plans for it? Are you going to be at home? Are you going to be able to, are you working? What are you doing on, on Christmas Day? Uh, so that's Sunday, so I'm actually off that day. So nice. I'm going to be watching that game. Mm. Saturday is going to be dicey. I'm, I'm working Saturday, but I'll figure out a way to watch the games. Yeah, you're going to crack you open a little whiskey, sit down, watch the game. Yeah, yeah, totally, uh, totally doing that for sure. <laughs> <laughs> All right, brother, man. Well, uh, last thing we got on the docket here is the best bets with the Puma. Yeah, so best bets with the Puma brought to you by DraftKings Sportsbook, the unofficial official sportsbook of the Pro Football Radio Podcast. Uh, we're going to go back to the world a little bit uh, with the teaser like here. So got a, uh, I got the New Orleans Saints in a teaser this weekend. Uh, the Saints are, you know, depending on what book you're looking at, they've been hovering around uh, a two-and-a-half-point underdog uh, on the road in Cleveland. Cleveland is going to be one of the worst weather condition games this week with, you know, high winds, you know, super, super low wind chill factor. Uh, but I'm teasing this up to, you know, New Orleans Saints plus eight-and-a-half. Nick Chubb has a foot injury that, you know, maybe he's going to be limited. You know, this might be a little bit more of Kareem Hunt type of deal. Uh, but if Nick Chubb doesn't go, you know, and plus it's a cold weather game, you know, Deshaun Watson with the high wind, you can go back to like two, three years ago when it was a high wind game in Cleveland. He did nothing when he was on the Houston Texans in that uh, in that game. Um, I think the Saints keep it within the number. You know, Taysom Hill is probably going to find a way to vulture a touchdown or two in this game. Uh, but give me the Saints is one of my legs in the teaser at Saints plus eight and a half and the Rams plus eight and a half against the Denver Broncos. Now, I know the Rams are one notch above dumpster fire with the injuries and, the, you know, the offensive line and whatnot, but I'm sorry. Like, there's no way the Denver Broncos are going to win this game by more than a touchdown. So give me the Saints. Uh, plus eight and a half is the first leg of my teaser and the Los Angeles Rams plus eight and a half in the second leg of my teaser. Uh, now I got the Pittsburgh Steelers laying two and a half against the Las Vegas Raiders. Not only is it the 50th anniversary of the uh, immaculate reception uh, that you know Franco Harris caught uh, in that in that playoff game, but you know Franco Harris also passed uh, this uh, this morning. So, yeah, he was uh, I believe he was 70, 77, I believe, or 70, 72, 77, one of those. Yeah, one of the mid 70s, but. Uh, you know, I, I think they're going to find a way to win this game. I'm laying the two and a half points with the Steelers. The Raiders, they squeaked out a win last week because of, you know, the fail. Uh, but, ha. you know, the Raiders, they, they, they haven't really, they, they've wilted in the second half. And Kenny Pickett should be a go in this game. And, you know, the defense for the Steelers, you know, there's still a stout defense with, uh, you know, TJ Watt out there and, you know, uh, 
uh, Minka Fitzpatrick. So I'll I'll gladly lay the two and a half points with the Steelers. Cincinnati Bengals minus three and a half. Best bet uh, for me this weekend. Uh, you want the analysis? Just go back about twenty minutes to find the uh, Bengals Pats breakdown. Uh, the Chicago Bears plus nine against the Buffalo Bills. The reason being is Buffalo has been bad at stopping the run and the Chicago Bears just love to run the football shit ton so I think they're going to be able to shorten the game keep it within the number um and uh, I have them keeping it within nine uh then the last bet is uh the Detroit Lions minus two and a half against the Carolina Panthers the Panthers are just finding ways to you know take themselves out of playoff contention and the Detroit Lions are probably the second hottest team in the NFL right behind the Cincinnati Bengals uh, I know it's an outdoor game. It's actually going to be cold in the Carolinas this weekend, but I think the uh, the Lions find a way to win by a field goal in this matchup. So those are my best bets with Da Puma this weekend. Nice, nice, very good, very good, brother man. But um, besides that, I've got nothing else. Do you want to hit anything else, or you want to plug it up and call it a day? I think uh, I think we're good. Let's uh, let's hit the road. Yeah, I gotta watch Christmas Vacation tonight. Ah, uh, my man. I'm going to go find Die Hard because Die Hard is a it's Christmas movie. It's not a Christmas movie. It's not a Christmas yeah. movie. All right? It, mister, I can't watch soccer because I'm not a communist, but you won't what you won't consider Die Hard a Christmas movie. Yeah, you make no goddamn sense. I mean, I, I know. Die Hard's a good movie. I enjoy it. It's not a Christmas Die movie. Die Hard is a Christmas movie. It's not a Christmas Die Hard is a Christmas movie. It takes place during Christmas. Ho, ho, ho. I have a machine gun now. Ho, ho, ho. It's at a Christmas party. It is a Christmas movie. I will die on that hill every time Christmas rolls around in my lifetime. Anywho, this episode of the podcast and previous episodes of the pod can be found on Apple Podcasts, Google Podcasts, Spotify, YouTube, and anywhere else you get your podcasts at. Uh, YouTube, be sure to hit that little bell button to subscribe and get the notifications whenever a new video is dropped in the feed. Google Podcasts, be sure to leave a five-star review. Apple Podcasts, be sure to leave a five-star review as well, too. Social media-wise, Facebook and Instagram, Pro Football Radio Podcast. The Twitter machine, at PFR Podcast. I'm on Twitter, Brando underscore Puma. And Jay Chima, the captain of the ship, is at Jay Chima. Like, subscribe, download, hit us up on the social media platforms. And hopefully, everyone has a healthy, uh, healthy happy safe you know christmas holiday with the family and uh jay you know happy holidays to you guys as well too out in the columbus land and uh, i'm i'm psyched this, uh, this weekend of football yeah man we're gonna try to survive out here it's gonna be day of uh day after tomorrow out here with the negative 40 degree weather <laughs> by the way what, what, what are you guys getting any kind of weather out there or are you guys gonna miss on any of this stuff i think it's i mean it's definitely gonna be cold I, we're gonna get like the high winds I haven't really looked at it that much because I don't really want to know. Um, but uh, it's definitely going to be cold. I, I stocked up on the rock salt because I feel like my driveway is going to be an ice skating rink uh-huh. uh, after we get the rain here and it flash yep. freezes. Yep. But, yep, that's what I'm looking at. Well, that's what the main uh, fear is. Like uh, Thursday night going into Friday, we're going to have that base layer of rain. And then that cold front's going to come through. It's going to drop from like... 20 degrees overnight into like negative 40 and then everything's gonna freeze over so like friday morning if you're going anywhere it's basically black ice everywhere so definitely might not want to do that (laughs) yeah no thank you all right well you guys be safe and we'll talk to you guys next week fire con dios (laughs) 